Chapter thirty three of Herb of Grace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Herb of Grace by Rosa Nouchette Carey. Chapter thirty three. He will come right. If your eyes look for nothing but evil, you will always see evil triumphant. But if you have learned to let your glance rest on sincerity, simpleness, truth, you will ever discover deep down in all things the silent overpowering victory of that you love. Matterlink Long afterwards Malcolm compared that night's work to a severe wrestling match and owned that it had taxed his mental and bodily strength to the utmost the illustration was singularly apt the whole force of his manhood and will were set to rescue this poor lad from the effects of his own infatuation and folly but at first he made little progress saul jacoby's pernicious influence had done its work and malcolm to his dismay and disgust was forced to realize that his baleful and hated arguments had already poisoned Cedric's mind. More than once he was revolted by ideas which he knew had been inculcated by Saul Jacobi. He has poisoned the wells, Malcolm said to himself indignantly. Cedric's fresh young mind has been contaminated by his odious philosophy. And his heart grew sad as he remembered Dinah's faith in her boy. More than once he was so sickened by Cedric's want of restraint and childish abandon of grief that he was tempted to give up the struggle. Only Elizabeth's pleading voice was in his ears. You will bear with him, you will be patient with him, will you not? And then again he would nerve himself to fresh effort. All at once a thought came to him as an inspiration. Cedric had been giving way to a perfect paroxysm of despair and Malcolm had with some sternness remonstrated him on his want of manliness and self-control. "'You are making things worse,' he said. "'Why don't you take your trouble like a man?' But the rebuke only exasperated Cedric. "'Oh, it is all very well for you to talk,' he returned angrily. "'But if you were in my place you would not bear it any better. "'You are so immaculate, Herrick. "'You can't make allowance for a poor miserable devil like me.' I don't believe you have ever cared for a woman in your life. Good heavens, as he caught sight of Malcolm's face, do you mean that you have ever been in love? Then it was that the thought came to Malcolm. Cedric should know that he was a fellow sufferer. I do mean it, he returned steadily, and I also mean to say that your love is as water unto wine compared to mine. That is, if we can call such mad infatuation by so sacred a name. And there was a tone of contempt in Malcolm's voice that made Cedric wince. Don't be so hard on a fellow, he muttered. My dear boy, I would not be hard on you for worlds. If I speak of myself at such a moment, it is only that you may see that I am fully competent to sympathize with you. Won't you tell me more, Herrick? No, dear lad, I think not, except that my case is even more hopeless than yours, for the only woman I have loved or can love will soon marry another man, and here Malcolm's face looked grey and worn. 
I need not add, he continued hastily, that all this is between us both. Of course, of course, was the eager answer. I am awfully sorry. I am indeed. I wish I had not bullied you so. Malcolm smiled a little sadly. Never mind that now. I only want to say this. We must take our punishment like men, and not whine like fractious children who want the moon. The moon is no nearer for all that. He sighed a little bitterly, for he was tired and depressed, and after that Cedric was more reasonable, and Malcolm regained some of his lost influence. It was nearly morning before Malcolm could induce him to lie down on the couch. He had flatly refused to take possession of Malcolm's bed. "'I could not rest quietly in bed,' he said piteously. "'Let me lie here while you write your letter.' for it had been arranged between them that Malcolm should send a note to Dinah by the early post. But long before the letter was written, the worn-out lad was sleeping heavily. Malcolm covered him up with rugs before he slipped out to the post. Malcolm did not write a very long letter. "'I found Cedric here on my return home,' he wrote. He was very excited and unhappy, and I had great difficulty in bringing him to a reasonable frame of mind.' but he is calmer now, and is at present asleep on my couch. I am going with him to Oxford to-morrow, and shall probably remain with him for a day or two. It will never do to leave him alone, or that fellow Jacoby will get hold of him again. I find he has already lent him money. I have been questioning Cedric, and I find that Saul Jacoby trumped up a false excuse for him to make to the dean. Cedric was a little incoherent on the subject, but I understood him to say that he had begged for a three days' excuse on account of a sister's illness. As far as I can make out, Jacoby merely intended to have the marriage ceremony performed, and to allow Cedric to return to Oxford the next day. He had pacified him by promising to bring down his sister later, and to take lodgings for a week or two, but it is impossible to guess what the fellow really meant. As far as I can judge, there will be no further trouble with the authorities, but Cedric must not be left to himself. I know some excellent lodgings not a stone's throw from St. John's. Do you not think it would be a good thing if you and your sister were to take possession of them for a week or two? Cedric is not fit to be alone, and you will be a comfort to him. It seems to me that there is nothing else to be done." I cannot possibly remain beyond a night or two. If you wire, I will engage the rooms, and they shall be in readiness for you. And when this letter was safely in the post, Malcolm sought the rest he needed so urgently, and was soon sleeping the heavy sleep of exhaustion. Elizabeth was at the manor house when Dinah received her letter, but she answered it and sent off her telegram without an hour's delay. I told him to take the rooms, Betty, she said, as she handed the letter to her sister the next day. I have packed my things and shall go to-morrow. Of course, you will do as you like about coming, too. Elizabeth considered the matter. If one could only have breathing time, she murmured, but to-morrow gives me so little time. Could you wait until the afternoon, Di, she continued, and then I could go across to Rotherwood and have a talk with David and his father. You see, dear, I am anxious to be with Cedric, and to settle you in comfortably, and I should also like to tell Mr. Herrick the result of my visit to the manor-house. 
Then Dinah, rather reluctantly, consented to put off her journey until the afternoon. Elizabeth, preoccupied and anxious, hardly realized what the sacrifice of those few hours was to Dinah, who could literally hardly sleep or eat for her longing to comfort her darling. Perhaps Elizabeth's thoughts were engrossed by the recollection of her conversation with Leah, for she spoke of little else that night. But just before they separated, she asked to read Malcolm's letter again, and when she laid it down, there was the old puzzled look in her eyes. "'Why does he always think of the right thing?' she said slowly. "'What makes him so thoughtful and understanding? He leaves no margin for other people. This Oxford plan is just splendid.' You will be such a comfort to the poor boy, Di. You will be there waiting and watching for him, and ready to fuss over him like a mother hen, and the sly old fox will not be able to get at him. And she laughed, and bade her sister good night. But when she was in her own room, the thoughtful look returned. He is always so wise and right, she said to herself. He has only made one mistake, only one. And her face was very grave for no one not even her chosen lover knew how the thought of malcolm herrick's patient sorrow oppressed elizabeth's tender heart dinah had good reason to regret their postponed journey for they arrived at oxford too late to see cedric that night but malcolm was at the station to receive them and accompanied them to their lodgings I am glad you made up your mind to come, he said, as they drove from the station, for I shall be obliged to go up to town to-morrow, and I feel happier to leave you in possession. I think Cedric likes the idea of having you. He is not looking well, but one must expect that. He has had rather a rough time of it. Oh, I forgot to say that he cannot possibly be with you until nearly twelve o'clock. Dinah tried not to give her sister a reproachful look when Malcolm said this. Malcolm only waited to hear how they liked the rooms he had taken, before he went back to his hotel. But at their earnest request he promised to have breakfast with them the following morning, and also to take a later train, that they might have time for a good talk. He kept his appointment punctually, and the conversation, of course, turned first on Cedric, but Malcolm was somewhat reticent on the subject of that stormy interview in Shane Walk. One must make allowances under such circumstances, and he was hardly himself that night, was all he said. But they fully understood him. "'Do you think he will get over it?' asked Dinah anxiously. "'Oh, yes, he will get over it. He is so young.' But Malcolm avoided Elizabeth's eyes as he spoke. "'Youth has immense advantages.' but you must give him time if you will take my advice dear miss templeton you will not watch him too closely or trouble if you find him a little altered and not quite the old cedric he will come right by and by oh if i could believe that wistfully you must make yourself believe it of course he will give you plenty of trouble at first he will have his bad days and try to make you as miserable as he is himself but you must prepare yourself for that. Think what a boon it will be to him to turn in here and find someone ready to listen to his jeremiad. Then Dinah smiled faintly. I hope you intend to remain with your sister, he continued, turning rather abruptly to Elizabeth. She colored and hesitated. I am afraid I can only remain a week, but I shall come down again later on. You need not fear that Dinah will be dull, Mr. Herrick. 
if she can only be sure of seeing her boy for an hour in the day she will be perfectly happy i always tell her that she is cut out for a hermit she loves her own company so much i am far more gregarious in my taste the society of my fellow-creatures is absolutely necessary to me malcolm was quite aware of this but he listened gravely i hope you mean to let me know your opinion of leah jacobi before i go he observed presently to his surprise she gave an embarrassed laugh i have been dreading that question all breakfast time i am so afraid i shall shock you it is wicked of me of course but indeed i am only too ready to sympathize with poor old cedric for i have fallen in love with her myself do you know i am not at all surprised to hear you say that observed malcolm you were aware of my impulsive disposition returned elizabeth with another laugh but she is simply the most beautiful creature i ever saw in my life all the time i was listening to her i thought of all those fair women the old patriarchs loved sarah and rebecca and rachel but i think she is most like rebecca i dare say you are right there replied malcolm coolly i can imagine myself that leah jacobi would be equally clever at deception for shame mr herrick in an indignant tone you know i did not mean that i was thinking of the young rebecca at the well at damascus it was too bad of me he returned apologetically but of course i understood what you meant there is a strange fascination about miss jacobi it is not only her beauty though that is undeniable no indeed exclaimed elizabeth eagerly but one can hardly say where the charm lies but the moment I saw her deep-set melancholy eyes and heard her low vibrating voice, I seemed to lose my heart to her. Poor dear Cedric, how could he help loving her? How could any man resist her? But Elizabeth checked herself as she became aware of Malcolm's keen, penetrating glance. You surely do not wish him to marry her? he asked in a low voice. Then Elizabeth looked quite shocked. "'Mr. Herrick, our brother, Cedric, no, a thousand times no, neither would she marry him now. But, oh, how my heart aches for her! You need not tell me that. We were up half the night talking,' she went on, and she told me everything, everything. And here Elizabeth positively shuddered. "'Oh, why are such things allowed? What a mystery life is!' Mrs. Godfrey was with us at first, and then the colonel carried her off. But I heard the clock strike three before I left Leah's room, and then I could not sleep a wink for thinking over some of the horrible scenes she had described. "'I wish she had not told you,' murmured Malcolm. Elizabeth smiled a little sadly. "'It will not hurt me, and I shall be able to help her better.' "'Mr. Herrick, Dinah agrees with me that we must never lose sight of her.' I told Mrs. Godfrey so. Oh, that was a masterly stroke of policy, taking the poor thing to the manor-house. Mrs. Godfrey is so clever. She has an idea already. Did you ever see Mrs. Richardson, who lives in the red house on the road to Combe? Sandy Hollow, I think they call it. Do you mean that very eccentric old lady whom Mrs. Godfrey always calls Mother Quixote, who is so rich and always travels with a white Persian cat? of course i have seen her at church she is stout rather addicted to gorgeous raiment and wears a gold pince-nez that is the very person exclaimed elizabeth 
oh yes she is excessively rich has not a relative in the world gives half her income away and as dear mrs godfrey expresses it spends a good deal of her time in trying to wash her black sheep white and weeping over her failures and i am afraid does more harm than good in the long run observed malcolm but elizabeth would not allow this she is the drollest old dear in the world she went on and is quite a mrs malaprop in some of her sayings but she has the best and kindest heart in the world mrs godfrey means to enlist her sympathies on leah's behalf and we have no fear of the result and you think this good lady will be able to help miss jacoby we are quite sure of it mrs richardson has a weak chest and she always winters abroad and she has been in the habit of engaging some young lady to accompany her as a travelling companion her maid is rather a crotchety old person and very uneducated besides the cat gives her sufficient employment i forgot to say he is blind and rejoices in the name of sir charles grandison mrs richardson is a descendant of the novelist and always carries clarissa harlowe and sir charles grandison about with her she is full of amusing fads and fancies and you mean miss jacoby to be her travelling companion mrs godfrey means it it is her idea anyhow she promised to go round to sandy hollow the next day and give the old lady a full description of leah and if possible to arrange a meeting i think it a very good idea chimed in dinah her soft voice breaking the silence for the first time she was always willing to leave the conversation in elizabeth's hands miss jacoby seems very willing to do anything poor thing that will make her independent of her brother yes indeed she is terribly afraid of him returned elizabeth she has reason to dread his violence i can see that once or twice he has treated her with absolute cruelty but then she owned he had been drinking you see appealing to malcolm it would be such a relief to us all to know she was abroad and in such kind hands and then as mrs godfrey says she is so exactly fitted for the post she is very accomplished speaks french german and italian fluently and is a good reader oh must you go as malcolm looked at his watch with some significance i am afraid i must not lose this train he replied hastily but i shall hope to run down again in a week or two you will let me know how things go on addressing dinah and if there be anything i can do for you and then he shook hands with elizabeth rather hurriedly and went off to secure his luggage i hope we did not keep him too long observed elizabeth anxiously for he is running as though he were late but Dinah did not hear her. She had already taken up her position by the window and was looking out for Cedric. End of chapter 33